And we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the NBA's return to play and the players who have issue with them returning, Kaepernick's new relationship with the NFL, with all of the new social injustice awareness, college coaches not quite being aware of the social injustice movement, the NFL donating $250 million towards social injustice, NASCAR banning the Confederate flag, and, of course, the beginning of these sports starting back up. But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Muhammad. Sorry, once again, I did that. But my Alex Muhammad, go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening. And make sure you also subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yes, press subscribe as things will be very, very interesting very soon uh, when the NBA season starts back. And We'll actually begin there with the return of the NBA. It is set to return for a two-week regular season season on July 31st, and they are possibly thinking of starting it on July 30th, a day earlier, in prep for the 2020 NBA playoffs. Well, some rumors of some players are not wanting to return this season for playing out the 2020 season. Like, for example, Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard voicing their opinions about it. Actually, quote, Kyrie said, I don't support going. I'm not with the systematic racism and the bullshit. Something smells a little fishy. But most of the issue with them returning is surrounded around social injustice and partly with the coronavirus. Other players, top players like LeBron, never wavering that they would like to return. But is there any real good reason not to restart 2020 NBA season and crown a champ? I think there's a lot of good reasons not to continue the season because it will take away from the movement that they're that everybody's trying to get going. Um, and you could argue that you could do both at the same time, but you can make an even bigger message if you just completely shut down and don't play and force the owners to implement some type of, um, I guess, really put money into the movement and be the face of it along with the players. That way, Everybody gets on the same level, and then you can move forward with um, the season if that ever happens. I completely disagree. <laughs> like, I completely disagree. This is, like, okay. the biggest stage. This is the uh, biggest stage they can uh, put for a social injustice. The, the biggest reason to start back the season is the platform they will all have, not just independently, but all together. They can make collective messages. They know it will be on ESPN. They know every, all eyes will be on the collective them. 
So I I just don't see why there isn't any good reasons other than the coronavirus and having so many people centralized in one area, even though a lot of that has died down. Well, don't you think people will just kind of look past the movement and just look at, oh, what this guy did this night and how are they going to perform the next night? Well, it's not like they are constantly getting reminded about it with them off the court. They don't have to. I, I think they team. are. That's all they're I, talking about, really. True. But what I'm saying is that the average fan does not have to pay attention to these players at all if they don't follow them through social media or some other platform. If you're not watching sports or even even when it comes to ESPN, they're not highlighting what each individual player is doing about the social injustice. You're going to kind of have to search that out with the platform being right in front of you where it's extremely easy. You can say something right after the game. You can make a statement before the game. You can make a statement through practice. You can you can make a statement at almost any time and that platform will be there when it comes to them being in Orlando. I think the state I think many statements have been said, but if you force the owners to do something and put themselves in in the middle of this, then you can make an even bigger message. I I definitely hear you. But what are they going to do? Like, what what is it that they're going to require these owners to do so that they return to play? And it's not like they have even a, a timeline to try to negotiate something when it's kind of shooting in the dark. That's something that has to kind of be negotiated with time. It's just not something that's built for what they are addressing right now. That's so overall, I would say the best outcome for the players are to have the platform that playing in these games will be versus having to negotiate a longer situation that won't start a season until late this year. Your platform is just constantly get watered down and it will attract to the next sport that actually is being broadcast, whether that be golf, tennis, whatever. Whoever makes a statement on these stages will be on ESPN. But overall, I just think the the platform just, it it gets smaller and smaller as their attention is not pointed towards them. It can be golf, it can be soccer, it can be any sport. As long as they got the spotlight, they can actually bring a more more awareness and more accountability for at least their organizations and other organizations. Um, maybe, but I think you send a stronger message if you say we're going to stick together as a league, as players, and sit out until you uh, put more effort into making a change for us, you know, put more money ah. back into the community and uh, do some type of police reform some type of thing where we can get all on the same page. I agree, but I, th- I think that's a tall task to ask of the NBA in such a short amount of time. Like, what are you really asking for? Because you're definitely saying that you're not, there's no way possible you want to have this season. That, that would have to say, because there's no way you can negotiate that and get anything effectively done in this amount of time. Well, I'm not saying that you can't have the season. I'm saying like you forced their hand. You said you but, tell them we're, we're not yeah. going to play. True. But what are you going to require of them to do that? I know you did list out some things, but those seem like things that would require some time to negotiate and also to show that they're actually doing. Well, I mean, it does take time to see those results, but that doesn't mean you can't have something signed, some type of 
um, contract or something. I'm okay, just saying so- you 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 bring up some type of contract to the point where they will definitely follow through, and if they don't, you take them to court. I hear you, but that seems like something that Chris Paul directly, because he's the president of the uh, NBPA, that he would have to take up with the league. Like he would, that's, it just does not seem like a unified thing that players would fully be behind because it's, it means you would have to negotiate between the players, which you're looking for, and then negotiate it with the actual organization. It just, overall, it does seem like it's going to progressively go that way. And of course they're going to, they may do that for next season. I see that being more effective next season, but right now I I just don't see there. There's no bigger platform than basketball, which is the second favorite sport in America to actually be able to speak out, especially when they're, they're known for their players and them actually being able to speak out without being punished. Well, I think if all of the star players come together, that'll be enough because the yeah. NBA won't last without the star players. I agree. I agree. But that, I think that's also why they, they, they are deciding to band together to do that with the public eye on them because they are not going to be collectively having an eye on them, especially during the whole corona situation. Why would you collectively keep each other around each other to protest? to do something like that. It just, it seems slightly irresponsible if you do not have a bigger platform to do it on. I think just where they are, like even outside of being on ESPN or whatever sports network, they have a a multitude of platforms where they can uh, voice their opinion and them not playing at all. That that's a huge message. Yeah, and we actually kind of brush past the uh, the main thing. Like Kyrie is the one spearheading all of this. Like I really do like Kyrie personally. I think I would be extremely great friends with Kyrie in regular life. But when it comes to uh, certain things, I'm not I'm not going off gate to have him to be the first person to step up for it. Especially with the comment he's trying to ban people around. His comment was quote. I don't support uh, going. I'm not with the systematic racism and the bullshit. Something smelled a little fi- a little fishy. That's literally a very big general comment. It, it, it's, it's not saying I need to see any particular results. I need to see some overall results, which we definitely all understand that is what it needs to be kind of quick, but you're not really asked. You're not giving the NBA any opportunity to meet your demands because it's so general. I, I don't support going because I, of systematic racism. So you're saying that the NBA is systematically racist, which could be on an underground level of them paying with owners and that whole uh, system. But in general, what are you asking? Like it's, the, it's not the NBA uh, sticking particularly black men and killing them. Uh, so I don't know what you're actually asking the NBA to do in that case, specifically Kyrie, and also him saying something smells a little fishy. We all know it's all fishy, so I don't really get what you're uh, commenting about, and you're the leader. Well, I think Kyrie is on the right path. Um, yeah, sometimes right path. Yeah. sometimes he, he doesn't always have the right steps to get there, but he's on the right path, and I think 
with the NBA owners, the power that they have and the influence with all the money, they can make some change. You need those big yeah. people to make a huge change. And I think that's the right way to go. True. And I, I think responsibly, we have to give them at least a three month time or a I know we ain't giving we're not giving years. We're not giving, hey, we'll see the results in five years. But I'm just saying, give them at least a year, uh, not a full year, but give them a couple months to put real constructive ideas together because we still are dealing with a pandemic or all of this. And you can't really weigh out whether you're going to conduct a season in this short amount of time by some long-term goals that you do have to get done with the NBA. I understand. I definitely understand the banding together. And I do uh, uh, really commend the actual, the the way they're doing it with having to band together. And they may also not play the season eventually here uh, with the next season. But I don't think this is the place for it. I think right now is the best stage for any one of them, any one of them, to have the, the right stage to say the right words. Well, the right words isn't going to go too far. I think that they no. have to force these owners. And I think this, like, you, you have to keep this momentum going. Uh, waiting a that's year, not, that, that's 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 just going to slow things down and people are going to forget I, and just turn right back to what they were doing before. I agree. I'm not saying that you wait a year. I'm saying that you have to understandably give them a chance within a year to get it done. Well, like, I definitely agree by the whole banding together and forcing them to do something. But there's, it's just not the leverage for it. It's not the timing for it. It's not the exact timing. Like, literally weeks from now, yes. And they are actually giving the power to the players by giving them a a platform they can't shy away from. They, They have to have the players play. So whatever these players choose to say, they can say out of their mouth. Versus them being on their own independent social media and doing it that way. Everybody's going to hear it when it comes to being in Orlando. Not everybody's going to hear it when it comes to them independently. Okay. Well, I mean, we're just going to have to respectfully disagree. Yeah, because I still think you're right. They're on the right track. I, I definitely agree with the way they do it, but I can't judge not playing the season off of that because it's too much of an immediate flip around for you to say to require the NBA to do. And at the same time, the players uh, can say what they want with the biggest stage, a bigger stage than they would have independently. That's why that's so, of course, like you said, we would disagree at this point. But uh, to move on with Pat Beverly tweeting, if LeBron James says we're playing, we're playing. Do you think the NBA moves at the sound of LeBron's drum, or is it Pat Beverly, Patrick Beverly being sarcastic? Um, I think two things can be true at once. Um, he's definitely being sarcastic. I don't think he's the biggest fan of LeBron, and he's looking forward to playing him in the playoffs if they ever do meet. Um, and also, the NBA does uh, follow behind LeBron. He is the main star. Uh if they don't have LeBron James in the league, I mean, they do have some future stars, but LeBron is the biggest star and he attracts the most fans, even all of the haters. So um, the NBA basically just needs LeBron. And I think both things are true. 
I can completely agree here. We go from the completely disagree to the completely agree. Two things do exist at this point. He is definitely being sarcastic. But at the same exact time, he's being extremely honest because it does beat at the drum of LeBron. If LeBron says we're playing, we're playing. It, he could band enough people together and, and, and different organizations to say that they're going to have some type of tournament to judge out the rest of the season. So I, I definitely agree. And there's no way that a lot of people are going to sit out if LeBron says he's going to play. Yeah, uh, for the most part. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there might be a few players who um, want to sit out and uh, still protest from um, from their point of view. But I think for the most part, most players would follow behind LeBron. Yeah, I agree. And I actually think because we just to dive back into the more the the Kyrie part of this, because he's he's the person leading this whole uh, we don't really want to return type of uh, spearheading this campaign right now. Well, he has motive for not returning. For, we all realistically know that he's not going to win a championship this year. So why not count the season as a, as a dud and have the opportunity to win the next championship that is available? Um, I mean... <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, maybe you think so. It. Well, it's not like he has a shot. He has not had any chemistry with his team. Um, he's They're going to be in seventh place. He just came off being hurt. Kevin Durant, like I said, has already said he's definitely not coming back uh, for this season. There's no chance of that. He's gone until next season. So why not? Your The best outcome would be for you to scratch a season that you can't win. And it's technically he can win, which slightly would count against him not winning. Well, I, I'm not going to um, cast that that, that that type of mentality on Kyrie Irving, but um, I, I'm more on the side of social injustice than him trying to skip the season. I, I just, I don't feel his comment or his cry for arms was strong enough, especially to be saying that he's the leader behind this, because he's not really saying much. He's saying a general statement that almost anybody would say. Things are fishy. I'm not down with the social, the systematic racism and the bullshit. I, I literally feel exactly the same way, but I'm not making any statement by saying that. Yeah, um, I mean, he probably said something else. I, I didn't really get to look at everything that he said. Yeah, but it, it is centered around the uh, social injustice, but I'll move it along. Adam Silver has stated that the return to the season in Orlando won't be for anyone, for everyone. And if they don't report, they won't be in breach of contract. Do you believe some star players will not partake in the restart of the season? And would they take a hit from the media? I think that there are a, a few players out there who don't want to come back. Um, as far as star players, there, there definitely is some. And I don't think the media would come down hard on them if they didn't play because there's so much going on. You got the coronavirus. You got social injustice being at an all time high. I mean, we just had another incident in Atlanta over the weekend. Um, same thing. So. 
I don't think that the media would um, condemn them for not playing, but it definitely is some. Yeah. Um, even uh, there's breaking news because even uh, Kyrie and they had a group chat where they discussed about the whole return uh, for the season. And Kyrie, of course, was in there. Well, he suggested in that uh, Zoom meeting that or group chat that the players could re- to could actually make their own league. I personally think Kyrie is extremely against the system. And I'm, I'm actually all for that. But there's a little bit of order that I still like. Like, I still – I'm not out here ready for every basketball player to say, forget the NBA, let's join, make our own league, but we don't have any plans for that league just yet. So – Overall, I, I, I believe in that in a, a little bit more of a even a one year long run. But I think Kyrie's on the he's trying to be off the books. He does not want to have any quote unquote master. OK, but what about that question, though? The one that you asked me? <laughs> oh, about, oh, about Adam Silver? Well, um, whether do I believe that some star players will not partake yeah i i think actually i think it's gonna be very few um star players that won't play and it's gonna be really driven by their possibility for winning because i really don't think anybody on boston milwaukee the lakers other than the white of course his punk ass but uh other than the white um, in the Clippers, all the teams who pretty much it's a it's a, a known that they can possibly win. Even Toronto, I don't think any of those teams, and overall, would not want to be a part of the uh, playoffs. Especially those star players on each one of those teams, I really don't think are trying to sit out. And those are the people who really are seen as being real contenders for this season. Now, outside of that. I do see other players. Like, I can see Luca not playing the rest of the season because it's been rumored that he got bigger. Um, I could see Damian doing it because he's already – they're already a struggle into the playoffs if they get into the playoffs because they might have to do a whole playing game to even get there. It might not be worth it. it I think it just depends on the motivation of uh, what star player it is. Um, maybe. But, I mean, until they re- un- reveal those names – uh, we, we definitely won't know. Yeah. And to to that second part on whether they would take a hit by the media, I definitely think they would. I, I think it's a, more of a sneak. This not a I think overall they're going to have the old grown up type of uh, perspective about, oh, they sat out for these reasons and wh- whatever the reasons they uh, the players apply to why they're not going to play, um, whether it's not contention or social injustice, whatever they, they choose. But I think the media is going to sneak this and going to just kind of create an under, under rumbling by fans and maybe even, even other players that may comment about that, those players not playing if it's not LeBron or, Steph, you know, like those type of players. Because I don't even have to say Steph Curry because they won't even be going to Orlando. Um. I mean, I, I I guess, but there's just so much going on. You just never know what's going to happen next month. 
True. Very true. Uh, 2020 will be in the history book. You will learn about 2020. Definitely. Uh, it is known as we live through it, it will be <laughs> studied going on. But uh, I'll move things all along. Still in the NBA, as the 76ers have signed their star, well, they've gotten their star Embiid in his final four year, three years of his $95 million contract, guaranteed with the new agreement between the NBA and the NBPA. So is Joel Embiid worth the guaranteed money of $95 million over the long run? I think he is. Um, now, how long is this contract? Uh, this contract is a three-year. Okay, yeah, he's definitely worth it for three years um, because he's one of the best big men in the game. He's very versatile. The only thing is, is his uh, his his weight and what he eats. You just never know what he's gonna have, and he might miss a couple of games here or there. But he is highly talented. Um, he can definitely uh, lead you to the playoffs just by himself. But um, I think he's really worth it for the short term. But if it was a long-term deal, I think I would be more apprehensive. But I, I really like this deal. Okay. Um, that's a lot of guaranteed money. That's close to $100 million there. Um, but I would have to agree that he is worth that price tag. His talent is quite up there. He was in the top five, five to six some of the past years, I think at least one of the past years for MVP race uh, in the NBA. So for being at least that close at some point, he's worth that price tag. But with his injury history, it's it makes it really suspect about what they'll do in the future. So I'll actually push it along. With the NBA season set to return, if the 76ers do not make the finals, Will it be time to blow up the process? If they don't make the finals, um, I would say yes, it definitely is. Because this team is just a whole bunch of big people who can't shoot a whole bunch. And the league has turned more towards three-point shooting, and that team definitely lacks it. Um, Everybody thought that they were going to be a very great team that would be maybe one of the top one or two seeds in the East, but they ended up not being that. They have one of the worst records uh, for uh, road games, but they do very well at home. But we'll see how that goes for this playoffs if they ever get to play it. But um, it, it'll definitely be time to blow it up. And I think Embiid would be the one to get traded. Ooh, okay. Should so- be, really. Should be dang well. That's why I'm so skeptical, slightly skeptical about that whole guaranteed money. Because on one note, you're saying he's worth the guaranteed three-year deal, but if they don't make the finals, which we all know is not probable, that they will, they should blow up the team, and he should be the one traded. So, um, I feel like there's a question in there. Um, why? Why? Why do you say Embiid over? Of course, uh, the other person would be Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons is actually always there, and you know when he's gonna be there, and he's in shape. So why not take the player who's always gonna be there? 
Dang, you're diminishing that uh, guaranteed 95 mil. <laughs> no, well, okay, let me defend that. So he's definitely wow. worth it. He is very talented. I, I'm not saying that you don't pay him. I'm just saying um, compared to Ben Simmons, he's just not as uh, as durable. He's not going to be there all the time. Yeah, I, I can. I definitely agree. I'm not saying he's not worth the money. I'm I'm really emphasizing on the guaranteed part. The guarantee. Guaranteed means you're getting your money one way or the other. You get hurt, paralyzed, whatever. Whatever happens, you're supposed to get your money. Well, that that puts another kind of emphasis on that money. I definitely don't. Th- I definitely think he is definitely worth the price tag of the 95 million over three years. That is easy, easy. But guaranteed changes it when I feel like less than a year from now, they're going to need to change their whatever they have going on, whether it be Ben Simmons or Embiid. Yeah, well, Embiid definitely has to go. He's not going to be available for you to play with, and Ben Simmons will be. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, and that's one reason why I was slightly hesitant on the whole guarantee part because that makes him hard to trade. I don't know. I mean, how does his guarantee money compare to other star players? Ninety-five million, I think. Um, I think uh, your boy Golden State, um, dark skin guy. What's his name again? Draymond, Draymond Green. Green. Draymond Green. Okay, so he just got a hundred million. And I think it, all of it is guaranteed. But his is backed on having three championships, of course. Um, so I, I guess that's the closest comparison. I'm I pretty sure there's right players that have, that have that that much. 100,000 guaranteed? 100 million. I mean, 95 or 100 million guaranteed. Because uh, Ben Simmons, is his contract is worth 100, uh, 100 million also. But I don't think his is all guaranteed. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> so I, I, it's just I, I, it's that guarantee part. I, like I'm just push pulling hairs here. He's definitely worth you giving him the money, but I feel he has to play that out to get the money guaranteed. No matter what the outcome happens in the next three years, when I think in the next three years, either he won't be on the team or Ben Simmons won't be on the team. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think the right choice would be to ship and beat off to anywhere. <laughs> to anywhere. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll go off on that one. And we'll move on to the uh, NFL. Well, actually, Kaepernick's uh, relationship with the NFL. Now, Kaepernick's new position with in the minds of the NFL has come uh, recently due to the N- uh, the whole social injustice and George Floyd. Floyd murder. But recently, the NFL has released multiple statements in favor of Kaepernick being um, right in his protests and willingness for for them to sign him to a team in the NFL on a actual roster. Now, the Seahawks head coach said that a team recently has reached out to them in reference to acquiring Kaepernick. So, do we really want to see Kaepernick in the NFL? 
Um, I would like to see Kaepernick back in the NFL. It, it'll be a nice, um, he, he'll be a nice addition to the NFL. Um, but I don't think that really does any type of justice. I think at this point we're kind of past him just being on a team to play. I think what the NFL needs to do is make a new position where he can be that face for social injustice that they're trying to push. That would be the best situation for this. I like that idea. I never thought that that I like that point of view. I really do. I was thinking being on the field or nothing. I really was thinking that way, and I did not see the lines in between the lines. Smart, smart point of view. That would be a whole lot better point of view, even if he somehow would be able to be voted as the president of the NFLPA. I don't know who that currently is or how that actually works, um, whether he would have to be a current player, because I think that is the case. But I think, yes, that is a great idea to have him more of a spokesman or a person who is delegated to the change in social injustice and everything uh, surrounding the negativity in the NFL towards the black men or how they deal with them, whether it be charges. Yeah, they. I think that does it better. The media has been pushing this. Um, some team needs to sign Kaepernick, but that that's not really going to do much of anything. Most likely that he'll be a backup or something, and then he'll kind of just disappear like he was never there. They need to make a new position where he's the face of social injustice in the NFL, and then um, he can make big changes there. Yeah. So he does need to get signed by the NFL, but not by any particular team, by the actual NFL. Um, And I would actually see that as a, a, a big change, but even though we would have to see how much of a, quote-unquote leash that the NFL would allow uh, Kaepernick, and sorry for the exact um, phrasing of that, but that is exactly what it would be. Yeah. um, I'm sure that he would not accept the position unless he had some freedom, at least a, a good amount of freedom. Yeah, and just to entertain the other part where he actually plays in the NFL? Do we really want to see him in the NFL playing? Uh, that's a that's a loaded question. I, I have to give you percentages on that. I'll give you a 80% no and a 20% yes. And I'll tell you exactly why I give you those percentages. Uh, because it, right now, Kaepernick can be an all-time icon simply due to his plight to where he's at and also being vindicated at at this current moment. He does not need to do almost anything else other than the social injustice stuff to become iconic sports-wise, even though he's gotten no championships. I do think, if we're thinking in that pantheon of uh, protesting great people like um, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and uh, those type of people— I think he does have to be associated with an actual championship. Now, that's at 20%. But there's a small possibility he actually 
overcomes the hype that will be placed on and the eyes that will be placed on him doing these things. If he goes above it or even gets close to a, uh, a Super Bowl, he does boost that whole uh, legend higher. He definitely does. But he has a whole lot more to lose by doing that. Um, I mean, it'll be very hard to see him getting anywhere near a championship because I don't think most teams would give him the starting position because there's so much young talent out there that's very similar to his skill set. So um, I think you just got to open up that new position for him in the NFL, the one outside of playing. Exactly. That's why I say it's a losing. I think that's it's a losing position for him to go back to the NFL. There's nothing he can gain. Um, and his legacy, quote unquote legacy, often on the field uh, by playing. There's just almost no chance of hiding, heightening what he's been or and what he's done so far, other than doing it through social injustice and that position in the NFL off the field, like you said. Yeah, we, that would be better, a lot better. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I completely agree on that. So. Our owners looking forward to all the attention the NFL will be getting about black lives, or do you get the feeling that owners are uncomfortable with the changes that are to come? I think that they will. Well, they, they like the approach like with the military, you know, everybody likes the military. Um, everybody's for it and um, they want to advertise it to show that they are with America Um and share the same views as America, but they don't want to put too much into it. They they want to kind of just show that they're for it, but not completely into it. Um, and I think they will try to embrace the movement in a way by, um, I guess, putting some type of patch on the on the um, jerseys. But I don't think they are fully behind it because you have not heard any type of owner come out and say okay we need to do this it's just been from the commissioner and um i from what i hear he kind of did that by himself or there were some other people but nothing from any of the owners yeah it did catch them out out of surprise and he probably let them off the case at least for a while here because people are applauding the nfl right now because of roger goodell he's doing his job he's doing what the NFL player, NFL owners hire him to do, as not many people know that he is controlled by the owners. That's why it's a big uh, problem and the the motive of the commissioner against the players as he is hired by the owners. Um, but to answer the question, I do think that they're uncomfortable. They have not said anything. And to draw up where uh, a couple weeks ago, Des Bryant, called out Jerry Jones, Jason Witten, and uh, it was one other player he called out to. He didn't say Tony Romo. Um, it was another white player. I can. It might have been Troy Aikman. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but it was one other white player who's still more of a prominent player uh, in, at the uh, Cowboys. And he was he was very adamant about them – voicing that they should also be voicing that they're for uh, black lives because they profit off of black lives. So I do think they're extremely uncomfortable and do not know where to step 
because they don't really feel it has to be equal. They are of the higher up percent, whether it be the the top 2% in the world or the top 25%, who knows, but they're definitely up there as being millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, um, Roger Goodell definitely did his part here. It was very late, but at least he did it. And this is the first time that he was kind of proactive in a way. Yeah, it was a smart move. He did what he was supposed to do because literally it's, it's scathing off the the bad attention that, that probably would have been directed towards the NFL pretty soon. Yeah, the NFL has always been <laughs> very late with things um, and gotten in trouble with the media, uh, but somehow they're able to recover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it was just a perfect move. It was a, a perfect PR move. So I, I don't, I actually believe uh, Roger Goodell, but I don't believe that is the opinion of all the owners. I do think that they're going to be extremely uncomfortable and they can no longer set certain demands and are going to be extremely uncomfortable because the whole construct of how certain people deal with other people uh, socially, just regular socially in a football type of uh, community or family of a team will change. Uh, Answering to him uh, in a certain way or feeling you have to address certain things or he can uh, make comments about your baby mother not being around. That actually happened for some players uh, where they had one or two maybe um, mothers of their children and uh, a owner was warding them against them being around. I think that was uh, the Clippers player and there was a uh, um, Clippers owner and it was a player but in, in many different situations uh, I think these owners will be very uncomfortable and not really knowing where they need to step because their whole franchise can more than likely be taken away from them if they make the bad move yeah a lot of people are just getting in trouble just for saying things <laughs> yeah, people are just yeah, casting out the net that, and, they're, and they're catching it yeah, I, I agree because uh, it's just not being let off the hook anymore, and it's an it's an abrupt stop to something that has been consistent and never ever pointed out or been forced to be pointed out. But uh, do you think that Kaepernick should be more vocal now that the spotlight is on him? I think he should definitely be more vocal because he is the voice of this. He was. What, well, really, the, the first guy to um, bring attention to it in the NFL, really just by sitting down at first. And then he actually talked to a military uh, person, uh, a veteran, and he told him it would be better if you kneel instead of sitting down. Um, and he has been a voice for it ever since. So I'm just waiting to hear from Kaepernick and just see what he thinks about all of really the everything in the world of like what's happening right now. Yeah. I, I, I still feel so slightly complicated about Kaepernick. Like I, I love his message and what he's, what's happening due to his awareness of this, but not always how he handles these things. It has been what, two or maybe three weeks at this point from since George Floyd's death and the only known 
comment that's come out is about him saying that it's now time for um, pretty much America to pay, uh, whether it be like the looting or um, the protesting or people just completely being against things. And that it was a short amount. He could talk at any moment. There's many hours in a day. And as far as I know, he doesn't have a different job at all when all of the world is speaking about your influence technically on your attention toward to the world uh so i definitely think he should be a whole lot more vocal and it makes it complicated because i don't know whether he always intended it for be for it to be a silent protest and we're now seeing thinking he should be a vocal um revolutionary yeah he has to speak up at some point um even before the nfl tries to sign him on a team if that ever does happen um we we really need to hear from him yeah i i really do think i don't think people i i i just think his protest is a more of a solid protest and that not many people have noticed that it has always been, I'm not really talking about it. I'm just going to bring some awareness to it over here, but I'm not about to be in front of the whole uh, thousands of people leading them down the street to go do this type of thing. And that might diminish the idea that people have around him being that type of re- revolutionary. I think his whole protest is a silent protest because he was even limited in communication or public communication even though, trust me, the society was going to soak it up, even in the three years that he was being blackballed from the NFL. Yeah, um, Kaepernick, we're waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all I, yeah, I wanted to bring. Maybe some slight attention to that people might not notice that his protests might be totally, I, really, I didn't really want to speak about it, but I wanted to bring attention to it, which may end up with some negative um association to it in the end but uh, we'll we'll find out more in the future here but is the NFL donating 250 million to social injustice enough to keep players from asking for more no i don't think so because they know that the NFL owners collectively that's just a a drop in the bucket for them that's really not much um all of the owners are billionaires, and if you put all 32 together, 250 million. I mean, that's like coming together to get a pizza. <laughs> um, so, I think that NFL players they will well hopefully they will keep pushing the owners to do things so they can make some real changes. Yeah, that's like two mid-level uh, quarterbacks. Uh, it's two Trubinskys or something uh, when it comes to two, 250 mil. It does seem like a lot, but I don't think that's enough to not have these players really protest. And I huh, I think the NFL has a bigger uh, problem on their hands coming up on their upcoming season than the NF- NBA does. The NBA does not feel overall that the their system is against them, even though it may systematically and in other ways, like through the structure of teams and things like that, maybe. But overall, they're not obviously against them. NFL has been obviously against 
for uh, people speaking out about their opinion or having an opinion because we pay you. And if you don't play, then nobody's going to pay you any attention. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with those those uh, sentiments. I think that the NFL is trying or at least the commissioner is trying to make a change so we can have some type I think of common he's ground. To save these owners. <laughs> yeah. And uh really just get back to football if we can um get true social justice. Yeah, I honestly think the smartest move for these owners is to always say uh direct your inquiries through the commissioner. That's their best bet. Yeah, that that definitely is. That way you don't get canceled and have to sell your team. You can be the blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can be to blame as long as you don't say no stupid stuff. Uh, but I do still think that black people aren't smart enough. They, the weapon is that they're smart black people, even in the NFL with money, that that with the tide of overall world being behind you uh, in a way, it, it's, uh, it's too much power for even – there is to be a, a resistance again against so let's say I, I would hate to use ray lewis as a, the intellectual but i would say let's say somebody like a ray lewis and now in the nfl um spearheading a you need to be involved in this and you got to be involved in that would threaten any owner and force them to have their act have to act even without uh, roger goodell yeah speaking of ray lewis i haven't really heard from him i'm not sure he where he's working canceled. now well he got kind of canceled by black society when he uh, on the low because he said what did he say he said something off the wall i didn't even like it uh not saying that i would have liked it anyway but it was something uh, it was kind of i think it was something kind of like stay in your place type of racial stuff and he was trying to be the uh you you should just let God be and not react type of thing. I can't remember exactly what it was, but trust me, it, it was something he had said that he lost favor with the public for the most part. Not really strongly, but partially. Okay. Yeah, because like I they, have they not lost seen a, him in a while. Respect for him. They, they lost a little bit of respect for him when he said something uh, recently in the, like the past year, year and a half. I can't remember exactly what it was. But maybe it was a Trayvon situation. It, it was something he shouldn't have spoke about, and uh, it it messed him up. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah, you, you, just people can Google it. Trust me, you'll find it. Um, but uh, to move it along to the NASCAR, yes, I'm saying NASCAR. Because trust me, we would not be really covering it otherwise. But NASCAR will be banning the Confederate flag and removing their requirements to stand for the national anthem so are you surprised this decision came so quick especially knowing nascar's fan base yeah i am pretty surprised um usually nascar has a whole bunch of redneck fans and of course you know that's why they still had that uh, confederate flag flying but I don't really watch NASCAR, so I didn't really know <laughs> until they actually said that they were going to take it down. But um, I- I'm very surprised because of the culture of NASCAR. And I think this is a really good thing. 
even if it was just them trying to follow a trend. Yeah, like this honestly is very surprising. Like I've heard somebody say it's not surprising due to the whole social injustice, but you you gotta have had to live in the South to know because we we I live in Charlotte. This is the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in Charlotte, but of course, even with NASCAR being right down maybe twenty minutes away, I don't go to any NASCAR races. Uh, but you you get a, a get a feel of the fan the fan base. NASCAR, NASCAR and Confederate flag is I, I honestly could not think we could be separated honestly like if there's a poster uh, that just really reminded me ever of NASCAR it would be the Confederate flag like you know the um, Dukes of Hazard yeah you remember how the Confederate flag was on the top of the uh, the the hood, not the hood but the uh, the car. You know what I'm referring to? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know it would be completely aging. Y'all, y'all can Google this, but it's it's a car with a complete uh, Confederate flag. This was a a show that came on every week, and nobody felt no problem with this. Uh, but that that's what reminds me of NASCAR, even the roots of NASCAR, which is uh, it's deep in bootlegging. But um, yeah, I, to say yes, I am absolutely surprised NASCAR did do that and even did it within weeks of an uproar for social injustice. Yeah, they did it pretty quickly. Um, and not everybody was happy with it, especially some of their racers. But, I mean, you mm-hmm. got to get over it. I mean, that flag is not a good representation of uh, how times are today. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and... I actually think this is partially due to them showing respect for a specific person. I cannot remember this guy's name. Like, I really should have just looked his name up. But a black guy was the president of the NASCAR um, association uh, not too long ago, if not currently. Uh, I, I can't re- exactly tell you whether he has not, whether he isn't, but he was at least recently. I think this is more of a homage to to that uh, and their simple respect for him. Uh, so there was a story out there that I read about how he felt so uncomfortable walking around the, uh, NASCAR uh, simply due to that flag. And he was a part of it. He was the president of it. And he he grew up around it. Well, I mean, I'm glad they made a change. It's a change for the better. Agree, but I think it's going to be extremely hard to actually enact this. So how do you see this playing out uh, when the coronavirus dies down and NASCAR fans actually return to the the roadways? Um, I think you might actually get more fans from other communities, maybe um, people who were turned off by the the flag, they tune in to watch NASCAR or um, people who didn't know anything about the flag. And now that attracts them to NASCAR. I think you're going to have more fans come in to, just to watch, maybe for a short amount of time, but for not, not for long, just because, I mean, me for me, the sport is pretty boring. But 
Um, <laughs> I think you will have some extra fans, but you also lose some fans. Yeah, I would agree. They even lost a driver. Uh, one of their drivers in NASCAR quit NASCAR because they banned the Confederate flag. He is going to end his career with zero wins, so I'm pretty sure they're not going to miss him anyway. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I guess it gets some people. Uh, that was actually led into my next question, which was, do you um, do you see this making all other people of color uh, welcome to attend a NASCAR race? So you kind of answered it already, but... Yeah, I think it would make it more welcoming. It's it's just I I from my point of view, I don't get how NASCAR continues to thrive. There has to be a fan base. And when I think of their main fan, I think of people who are devout people who have many Confederate flags. So I, it's just extremely complicated to see how they can still succeed going against what I believe or think to be their main fan fan base. Well, maybe it's the dawn of a new day and they just live on without them. Those, those, uh, flag Confederate flag toting fans. And now they welcome in some, some more fans from all different other races. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it actually made me more uh, in my mind think that at some point I might go to a NASCAR race. It literally is less than 20 minutes away from me, like less than it's, it's, it's very, 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 very close and has been close to me for many, many years. Uh, so and I've never wanted once actually wanted to go to a NASCAR race, which would be a shame when you literally have it so close. Um, so, yeah, I. I I at least think that some point over maybe the next 10 years, because I'm not that inter- interested in uh, NASCAR, but I would go to a race, especially if I got some free tickets. I might consider it if I get free tickets. I mean, I might, <laughs> even if even if I do get free tickets. That's why I said if I got free tickets. Normally, that's like, a uh, like what is that? It's free. But yeah, it's a big deal when it comes to NASCAR. Like, I... I, I I still got to consider it if it was free. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I'm I'm probably not going. <laughs> I would try though. I, I would I would entertain the idea of actually doing it, especially since it's not far away and there's a possibility I'm not going to have to have the Confederate flag constantly pushed in my face. So, there there's a possibility I'll do it. But to move it on, and to our last subject, uh, recently, with more awareness of racial injustice, now it has made it to where every coach, organization, and business has to share where they stand on the issue at hand. Some college co- coaches who are over youth of color each year have come under fire for their responses. For example, Dabo Sweeney. Clemson's head coach stated at a campus protest that Black Lives Matter equally, which is another way of saying all lives matter, which is a statement that has gotten many people in prominent positions fired recently. So also another example, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State's head coach, 
shown wearing a One America News Network t-shirt, which they are known for having racist, racist point of views and showing um, showing that they don't really care about equal rights. Um, and a result of that, a player of Mike Gundy, Chubby Hubbard, the running back, his starting running back, to very big issue with him being taking this position and wearing that shirt. So are you at a point where even successful coaches should be removed from reigning over young youth of color knowing their mental position about them? I don't think I'm really at that point. It's more of educating them. Um, but if they feel like they that they don't want to hear it and don't change their mind about it, I think it will be time to get rid of them because we don't need that type of mentality on this big stage. Even though he might be one of the best coaches ever, it's, it's time for a change. And it may sound extreme, but we need to make extreme changes. And I think putting these coaches in the spotlight and having them um, educated is the best thing to do. But if they don't make the effort to change, you got to get rid of them. I, I would agree, but I have to kind of take issue with this one with uh, with Dabo Sweeney. Like, he he just doesn't seem to get the point. Um, he, he made some earlier comments that kind of shared that he, he had no sensitivity to what was going on. And then he had the audacity to actually go to a black uh, um, protest for social injustice and then share a, a remix of All Life, All Lives Matter with Black Lives Matter equally. Of course, he knew he was going to get some uh, uh, applause when he starts to say Black Lives Matter. But when you throw in that equally, it's probably already being drowned out by applause. I, I think that's there's a, there's a problem there because he's being very specific and very adamant about a position he's at saying that, oh, y'all are no, we shouldn't be drawing any more attention to this than we should. Everyone should be aware anyway, because everybody's lives matter. This uh, homeless man's life matters. and But he's completely missing the point while participating in something he says he understands. Yeah, he's definitely missing the point, and he's making an effort to dance around the actual subject. Um, somebody needs to really educate him, and I think one of these players, they have he, to get to him. Sorry, I don't think he has to be educated. I think he full-fledged knows what he's doing. He's doing the fully knowing every step he's doing. He doesn't have to be educated on anything. It's, it's pretty clear at this point what everybody's being asked to do, even if you don't view the same way. And he's being very adamant in saying, hey, I know this is all going on. I can easily say what's right, but hey, I still believe we yeah, it ain't that big of a deal. All our, all our lives matter. True, that is very true, but once again, that's the whole thing that you're missing. Yeah, he's definitely missing a lot of points, and it has to be put on some of these players to speak up and tell him that this isn't right. And if you don't make a change, then we're going to have to call you out. And uh, 
maybe talk to the president or something. Um, we, I, I think we've seen a lot of players kind of back him because they they do probably like the guy because he's really likable. He he really gets on their level, gets you know personable. But you got to look past that so we can move forward from these issues. I think he's intentionally missing a point. That's why I say there needs to be no education. I think he's doing it intentionally. He is. I think that's a spin in the face to go to someone's protest. And that is literally like going to a protest and saying, saying that all lives matter. And we know that what type of insult that is complimented behind Black Lives Matter. Yeah, um, he, he just, I mean, like I said, when these players need to get to him. Yeah, um, very, very true. Um, and I, I think that's due to his, once again, fan base and not really trying to take any position because I think he could easily say what the right thing, but he's choosing not to say the right thing. And I think it should affect his his willingness or his ability to recruit. I really hope these youth or at least their parents stick behind the actions of these these uh, coaches off the field also. Because trust me, they, they care about you when they're in your program, but as soon as you can't affect their program or negative towards their program, you are no longer their brother. You are no longer the person who they're there for and to listen on and to crown their shoulder, which has always been the case for, I wouldn't say all players, but that is normally the case. Yeah, and they have to look at once they took off the uniform, what are they looked at as their, uh, well, most of them are young black men who could easily be in the same situation that we've seen other uh, black people um, in the case of like uh, George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, all of them. Yeah. It's the same issue with the whole. I I I put less. I don't know why, but I put less blame on uh, Drew Brees for missing the point than uh, Dabo Sweeney. I think he's intentionally doing it, and he's going to persist to do it. He's just he's standing his ground, and he feels because he has been one of the most successful coaches, he can be untouchable. I think it's it's going to be on the black youth not to go to his program, even though I am a clean man, to, to not support him and for him to stand behind what he's faking to slightly support. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely have to agree with that comparison with Drew Brees and um, Dabo Sweeney. That, that's a very good comparison. Yeah. So should players be allowed to change schools if they feel there is a racial bias against their well-being? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they can change schools even without that because they have to sign a contract every single year with the NCAA, um, which sounds like they are professionals, but they're not. At least the NCAA doesn't think they are. Um, so I think that they can they should definitely be able to do that. Yeah, the whole system is built around a very slave-type mentality, uh, down to the players not being paid, uh, the fact that they are the one producing the income, uh, the fact that the coaches are the ones who can gain millions of dollars along with the organizations which are headed by white 
prominent people and they're put in these positions constantly because of the money and it is never ever even as a small amount that distributed to people who are producing the money it, it completely it's, it's, it's slavery that, that is what the slavery that's pretty much like the explanation of slavery so I, I'm not surprised all of this is a lot of coaches still had that slight type of mentality towards their players that you follow everything I say, you uh, you address me this way, you can't do this, you can't do that, I, I own you as long as you are part of my organization, which we all know that is the position these coaches take. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Players definitely need to be able to speak up and um, have their own platform to, I mean, where they can, you know, move where, wherever they want to. I agree. So if they do feel there's racial bias, I do think that way. And I not just kind of round it back, not to bash too much on Kyrie's idea about a whole new league. I think that is a great plan for a very close immediate future, but it must be done the right way. But the players do have the control. And then the time is now. You just yeah. can't do it with, with halfway comments. Yeah, but this is the time to take advantage of it and keep going with that momentum. Agreed. But I, I love a real idea behind it. But uh, just to throw a last shot. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, it will start to pick up a whole lot as the NBA will be uh, starting back up in about a week to two weeks here. Uh, teams have already started to report to Orlando like the Raptors. Um, but like I said, this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We're moving to the last part, which like always is multiple choice trivia. Muhammad comes up with the questions. I try to answer them and give you at least a little bit of idea of uh, any information about it, if I know it. Uh, but go ahead and go with that first question, Muhammad. What is the Dallas Cowboys mascot's name? A. Rowdy, B. Blaze, or C. Jerry Jones? <laughs> That's a trick question. <laughs> if you think so. Yeah, I think it's a trick question because we all know Jerry Jones is the, uh, is the mascot, <laughs> but... I'm talking about the actual Jerry Jones. Like whether I'm not saying the mascot, the one that's inside the uniform, is named Jerry Jones. Not at all. But we all know Jerry Jones is the real mascot for the Cowboys. He is the face of the franchise. Um, so it, obviously it's between A and B. But I do think that you were really good about selecting names that could be very close and possible names because I'm not quite sure whether it is Rowdy or Blaze. It seems like it could be either one. But go ahead and repeat the question and answer one more time for them. What is the Dallas Cowboys mascot's name? A, Rowdy, B, Blaze, or C, Jerry Jones? <laughs> I still find that question funny. Um, I, I'm going to say Rowdy because I really don't think it's Blaze. That is correct. Rowdy yeah, I, is the name. I thought it was as soon as you said it, but then when you said Blaze, I was like, man, that's close enough to to think it is that name. 
uh, good selections there, but <laughs> go ahead with the next question. All right. What was the last year the Los Angeles Lakers made the playoffs? A, 2013, B, 2014, or C, 2015? Oh, God. You just packed them all close. I'm really not exactly sure. I know if the last time they made it, it was with Kobe. We know that much. And we do know that Kobe has to be retired for at least five years to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, which he is eligible this year. I do not think he went to the uh, playoffs in his last year, not at all, because it ended in the regular season, his 61 game. Well, let me interrupt you right there. Yeah. At the time, whenever Kobe was going for the 66 in his last game, Mm -hmm. the Warriors were going for 73 and 9, and that was in 2016. Why you give me a clue, though? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying you can't use the five-year thing. Oh, you're talking about what year he was. Well, I, I was saying that he has to be retired at least five years to be uh, considered in the Hall of Fame. But, and I know that they didn't go into the playoffs the, the last year he played. What I'm saying is 2016 was was his last year. Yeah, that would make five years. This year would make the fifth year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I just know that it has to be at least five years of retired to be eligible for it. And I know for a fact he did not make the playoffs the last year he played. So that uh, I know you're saying it, it could be 2015 because of that, but I don't even think he made it the year before that. Uh, so um, I'm, I guess I'll just go ahead and answer and I'll say 2000. God, God this is hard. Um, because I remember the year where Kobe and LeBron were supposed to meet in the playoffs. And that was, was when LeBron was still at the Cavs, which I think would be 2014. Oh, gosh. Uh, this is hard. And it's 2013, 2014, 2015, right? Yep. Uh uh, I'm gonna say 2014. I'm really not sure because just because I don't want to take too long, but that's 2014. wrong. 2013. Yep, 2013. I thought, yeah, I, I just didn't want to take too long to think out when, what year he was actually at the cast because I know it was the last year uh, where they thought LeBron and Kobe were going to meet up in the championship was the last year that he made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, number three. Got that one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2004, which player finished second place in the Heisman voting, the highest finish ever for a freshman? A. Adrian Peterson. B. Vince Young. Or C. Reggie Bush. Ooh. Mm. That was a good selection. I really don't think it's Adrian Peterson at all. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and scratch that. But Reggie Bush and Vince Young, very, very, very good years. Mm. Actually, I think I – dang it, Matt Liner lost both of those. They were back-to-back years. 
Um, dang it. I'm going to say Vince Young. Vince Young. That's wrong. It's Reggie Bliss? Adrian Peterson. What? He finished second place in 2004. Oh, wait a minute. You... You were saying somebody who didn't win. Yeah, I said second place. Come on, you gotta oh. listen to the questions. <laughs> that that would have been easy. I knew exactly who won. <laughs> I, I didn't pay attention. That's my fault. Okay, well, it is what it is. But <laughs> this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We'll see you next week.